Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Hi, everybody. This is CLCI. Today we are here. We're going to talk about some interesting things, some things that maybe don't travel in straight straight lines. But you're speaking <laughs> so straight at the moment. What? 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 Well, so why, are we bringing, at the moment. why are we bringing sexual preference into this? <laughs> I so, did not even think about that concept. <laughs> now you we got have to me. <laughs> so who wants? Well, well, I started sort of. So we're gonna we're, today. We're talking about the difference between linear thinking, non-linear thinking. Just uh, I don't even think we'll stick to thinking. Just uh, what is being non-linear? What is being linear? What does all of that mean? And um, as coaches, uh, there I think there is to some degree some uh, stigma around the non-linear folk. One of which I am. So um, uh, uh, do we? Um, are linear non-linear people capable of being coached and 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 going through that process? So we're going to talk about that. I like Anthony's background. I'm going to turn it over to the labyrinth guy. Uh, yeah, that's I'm totally not, non-linear. Yeah, I, 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 I was I'm Jarrett from the labyrinth. <laughs> I'm wearing those tight pants that David Bowie wore. Oh goodness, is that the I labyrinth? Can't stand up. Yes, <laughs> infamous. Uh, so yeah, we're talking about uh, non-linear thinking um, and can non-linear thinkers be coached? Um, I'm going to say yes. No, nobody can. But here's no. the real question, though. Here's a, here's a real question. Are, is there a difference between linear thinkers and non-linear thinkers? Well, let's, why don't we first define what we mean and we like yes. what standard, what, what everybody considers a linear thinker, a non-linear thinker. So, uh, cause it, it goes many ways. Um, so let's start with just that basic. What is, what is linear thinking? I think when in steps, you got step one, step yeah. two, step three, and then you're done. Yeah. I think in general, I think it's analytically thinking about something. Um, there's a process kind of like what I wouldn't say that. No, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Analytical. What? I, I think that analytical, I mean, it's, I, I think that, that, that uh, analysis doesn't come. I think analysis plays a part in both nonlinear and linear thinking. Um, so I think that, that, that I mean, it's, it's yes. And, um, and in both areas of thought though, mm-hmm. analysis is important. It's, it's, I think it's a, more about how somebody thinks essentially um i would say as far as like um just the basis for comparison for non-linear and linear i would say you're more analytically thinking when you're thinking linearly uh uh, when you're thinking non-linear you're thinking maybe a bit more in a not so analytical, just kind of. Well, let's let's define analytical then. Let's I'm hyper, hyper analytical yeah. and nonlinear. I completely yeah. disagree. So, yeah. so maybe yeah. maybe this would be a better way to describe it. People <laughs> use analytical thinking to turn nonlinear things or processes into linear processes and yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So you use analysis. You use, I guess, that hard thinking part of your brain to turn structures that are, seem a bit chaotic and simplify them and make them more generalized well um, yeah i think so the, what, okay as a non-linear person um when i look at a world or look at the a problem look at the possibility in it or something along those lines um i don't see a direct course of action i see much more like a network um so it's like there are dots everywhere and I see a billion lines <laughs> that can go to a ton of different places, a ton of different options. So it's, it's um, more that um, I see, you know, a hundred paths to the end point and, and, and all the variation there within. And um, it, it is definitely something that creatives are, are known for, for being and doing and thinking. And, and a lot of that, as they say, is, is most people, you know, go from A, B, C, D to get Z. But um, with the nonlinear type, we <coughs> go A, G, Q, 
K and then to Z <laughs> or maybe hit a one or a two somewhere in there too. Yeah. Um, we, uh, it's, it's more that, that there's not a definite path. Um, my brother has always called me crazy because I, I never followed the, the way of just the standard person because, and I think a big part of that is because I am a, definitely a nonlinear human being, but my analysis is so critical as well because I see the world in patterns and I see how many patterns and how many possibilities are out there. And, and um, well, I think even yeah. the fact that you even see patterns, like a pattern mm-hmm. is something that you, you like, almost makes things more linear when you see it's a, it's a pattern. If it there's is. No but, pattern, but I also, either, it, there's outliers. There's probably, I mean, things no. never go exactly. It's just like with rules, you, I love to know them. Um, and the, I love to know what the processes are and the standard way of doing things are so that I can then uh, explore new ways, new possibilities, break the rules, <laughs> create my own, etc. cetera. Um, uh, but that's... What happens with nonlinear thinkers, though, is is we can get into a space where people don't see don't see the path that we're on, right? <laughs> they and, and I think there can be often be that can be mistaken the fact that we can pick up several things. This is this is the cliche around being nonlinear uh, is that that it's the same as a creative cliche. Cliche. They start things, they don't finish things. They um, they are easily distracted. You know, you may not have ADHD. You could be nonlinear. <laughs> um, uh, it's it's that. They, there is definitely a tendency of to not complete because you're, there's so much possibility because you, you start 50 things instead of just picking one. Um, and that's a lot of, I think a lot of coaching maybe goes into sort of reining that, that in for that person who needs that, but not every nonlinear requires that either. So I, I, yeah. Uh I was going to mention, is is that a cliche or are you just a rare breed, Brooke? Well, I decided at a young age as a create, as an artist that I was not going to be like other artists. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I saw other artists who didn't, they were known for not finishing things, not completing, not um, finishing the job (laughs) essentially. And I made a conscious choice to be different and be like, no, I'm going to finish the job. Like I'm going to finish what I start. And I, I knew that that was the kind of artist I wanted to be, um, not one that didn't didn't get things done because I knew so many that didn't, <laughs> um, that were no, they just, you know, that was the, that's the cliche. And and so I made it, I don't think that I'm the exception. I just think that that um, I made that choice at some point <laughs> um, and, and others have, I mean, that you wouldn't have successful artists if that didn't exist. But I can guarantee you every innovator is a non-linear uh, on the planet <laughs> to some degree. I mean, um, I, I, and I'm talking about the people, who, the creatives that come up with the ideas, not necessarily they are they the ones that put them into place and get them moving. Um, uh, to convince other people who are linear thinkers to be on board with the idea. Yeah, that's, that's at a certain point you have to articulate your thoughts so that they make sense to another person. Yeah, you can't give buy on. Trust me. <laughs> so for example, like you can't have, I mean, maybe you could, but you can't have a coaching session with somebody who is talking about any random topic and also simultaneously switching languages every five words to like speak Spanish for five seconds and then Japanese for 10 seconds. That's like something <laughs> completely, you know, it's hypothetical, but like that's completely without any sort of structure. Yeah. But at a certain point to become articulate and try to transmit the thoughts in your head to someone else, there has to be some sort of structure and some sort of linear path that you take. Well, and I think coaching is a very linear process if we really think about it. I mean, it can be, but but when we look at the structure set forth by ICF, we have to ask for a contract at the beginning and that immediately makes it innately relatively linear. Um, because it's goal-based and now I'm not saying there isn't some creativity within it. Um, uh, but, but there definitely is the, the, that we're trying to bring it to a linear space always to that end, you know, and, and that focus, would you disagree? Uh, like action steps, all of these things are linear. I think of, the, right? even when you describe coaching as a process that already carries all the baggage of linear thinking, mm-hmm. What if 
it's because if we say the goal of coaching in general, as the ICF defines it, is maximizing your client's potential, mm-hmm. whatever, that's a goal. If you describe it as a process, you automatically think that there's a linear sort of structure or path you have to take to get there. What if you described coaching as an environment instead that a client and a coach are sitting in and can explore the environment as they please? And through that sort of exploration, you get the maximizing of potential. It's not a process as in we do these steps, we set this contract, we do things in order. It's just all exploration um, of an environment with rules that you abide by. Um, So like not giving advice would be a rule, not um, judging your client is a rule. Now, this is so this is a question Uh, with rules. Are rules innately linear in in nature? No, I would say they're like boundary. Well, I guess that's yeah. how you. What is a rule then? <laughs> I think when you're talking we about a, we get into a, a, a bowling ball lane, right? You're <laughs> talking about steps to a, a, accommodate something, steps to mm-hmm. fall in a boundary, steps to. So steps are definitely a linear. But I think any nonlinear person will say that they talk to linear people to help organize that nonlinear thinking. Not that they can't do it themselves, but sometimes that outside source can be really beneficial. And, and then conversely, a, non, a linear person needs the nonlinear to expand their thought process as well in um, infinite possibilities. It helps create the different possibilities that a linear in that step oriented direction doesn't see all the possibilities. I think that we we are putting ourselves in a box by even defining it as linear and non-linear. Because it doesn't even need to have, why why even address the line? Don't put me in yeah. a line. <laughs> I visit. I definitely visit <clears throat> it's a bit of a reference to mm-hmm. black and white thinking, right? To kind of define each it's almost impossible. So there's um, one of the things that we I, I dropped in was um, uh, so nonlinear pedagogy, and they have nonlinear coaching. It's it's actual natural. I like that word. I like pedagogy. that word. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Pedagogy. It's pedagogy. Pedagogy. Not yeah. Like the breed of a dog. Um. <laughs> well, it's also another term for me pedagogy. is like rhizomatic, um, rhizomatic teaching and rhizomatic pedagogy, where. You don't, so like, for example, if we'll use CLCI as an example, if you use linear pedagogy or linear teaching, we would just have you, Lisa, the lecturer, and all the students are just taking notes. Oh, boy. That would be boring. And if they get an A or B or whatever on a test, if they pass that, they get their certificate. But it's just you lecturing, them taking notes, looking at the textbook. No. Now, if we did something <laughs> completely nonlinear, like um, nonlinear pedagogy or rhizomatic pedagogy, we would just have students te- like coaching the entire time. Mm. Well, not this is. I mean, that. Well, would be- I, I'm I'm saying compl- I'm saying completely. You know, no rules whatsoever. They just coach, and we yeah, sort of watch I'm- them and sort of like guide them answer questions, direct them. I, I think even then that's not full honest. Like, I mean, I, well, I don't know. Then we would, well, I, we could go further and just not even have a school. We could just be like, go, go. I don't know that we would be able to clarify anyone. I think too, though, it, what's what's interesting though, is that the balance, which is something that we do, and it's that experiential, that that uh, looking for the, 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 um, what is what word am I looking for? The interaction, essentially, or mm-hmm. or asking um, the the students to participate and bring their their knowledge and their experience to the table. In in essence, makes it a bit more um, non linear at that point. Um, I I love the example of um, of you know you can you can with with like linear. Uh, ped- pedagogy, ped- pedagogy, ped- pedagogy, pedagogy. <laughs> I know. Um, so with that, basically, what happens? It, it, like you said, if we were teaching somebody a skill, like how to hit a ball, 
they we would teach them in a, an environment if it's very controlled if it's the same thing over and over and over again it's not very realistic to life that they're going to always be hitting a ball with no distraction nothing around them in a you know this very controlled environment so the idea of a, bringing in something non-linear is to sort of throw reality at people essentially and it's it's sort of throwing a wrench in the game and seeing still handle it throwing wrenches i just thought about the movie dodgeball yeah you can throw a wrench but you can you throw a ball <laughs> that is uh that is non-linear way to learn how to play dodgeball exactly. a wrench so, I mean, thrown at you but it's, it's more real life because that's the thing is in real life we're gonna get out there and we're going to have an awesome plan, right? Uh, um, uh, and we're going to move forward with our awesome plan. But the reality is, and this is something actually we call it in, uh, we just took a class on um, uh, disruptive strategy. Emergent strategy has to happen. You might have the plan in place. This is what we're going to do. But you have to be able to deal with the emergent strategy, which is, is as things come up, how do you adapt? How do you change? How do you, because that's real life. And and that's where that nonlinear um, comes in is is being able to adapt to the the when your plan, when your linear plan is is suddenly thwarted, you you quickly have to become nonlinear <laughs> if you want to survive, right? Um, yeah. and start to see all the other ways. Otherwise you're you're gonna just be dead in your tracks and stop. But that's also where coaches can come in, right? At that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say our level two has got a lot of nonlinear pedagogy in it, um, as opposed to level one, where we're kind of teaching you, obviously, like the structure of what you should and shouldn't be doing. But in level two, it's kind of like, well, let's open this up and make it one giant. I feel like that's kind of what it is. One giant just life coaching session over the course of three days. And, uh, I still think it's got a combination. Here's another word that I'm not sure I'm going to say correctly, but I think it's. Let's try it together. Let's try it together. Pedagogy. The combination of both of those perspectives is really what we tend to use where it's a teach and, and Brooke has said this in this way before teach and do teach and do. And that's where that the, the teachers up in front of the class teaching the basic concept and then have the student experiment and go explore that uh, teach what well, the teacher is just the experiential learning. It's and yeah. the, what I, it's, it's how they they teach in medicine. At least they they used to. I'm, I'm fairly certain that most cases they still do mm -hmm. is it's, uh, do, it's watch one, do one, teach mm -hmm. one. And so you watch somebody do something, you then do it yourself, and then you teach somebody else to do mm -hmm. the same thing. And by by doing all three of those things, you then should be capable of, of moving forward with that yeah. knowledge um, mm -hmm. in such a way that you have mastered it to some degree. So that's, I mean, in medicine and surgery, you watch one, you do one, then you teach somebody else how to do one, um, which is a little terrifying. But uh, um, uh, at the same time, it's how everybody learns, right? Yeah, so, really effective, I would say. Yeah. Well, that's experience. We I mean, for me, I can watch something all day, but I have no clue if I'm going to, until I'm actually doing it myself. And now I got to be doing it. And if somebody's talking to me about it, it's, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, 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 okay. But I've got to, I have to experience it. And I find mm -hmm. that true of most people. Like you could, that's, that's the advice giving. You can tell somebody not to do it a hundred mm -hmm. times. They're going to go out and do it just to see for themselves. <laughs> what, if, what if you had to, instead of watching, doing, then teaching, you mixed it up, you taught, and then you did. And then Whoa. you <laughs> <laughs> they would, it's, oh my goodness not for surgery but like, you yeah. i would not be one of them i'm just thinking about the implications that can go haywire really quick well don't we kind of do that in at clci like we have our students very very quickly and early on coach and we don't expect yeah. them to do it correctly or correctly I but that's say, different but, than yeah. teaching somebody else how to do it that's i mean that's really, that, they, i'm fine getting in there and doing uh, it that's a good point but we do <laughs> however have, that's not necessarily true when we get in our trios yeah, the three, we have that's an happening there is, in that moment they're teaching the other anyway well i don't know that it's teaching it's as much as, as it's having a discussion i mean it's yeah. It, it's yeah. making observation it's not right. teaching somebody how to do something it's simply no but it is learning, learning. Yeah. Well, and it's also important in that moment as well mm -hmm. to be 
be observing because they're yeah. learning as well as they're observing. Right. Um, right. I will say too, you, we don't just throw them that in. Like you say, there is about five hours of, of lecture and, and build up prior to um, that moment when they actually, maybe it's more like three and a half um, go into the coaching sessions. So. I would say, but relatively early, a lot of, I, a lot of people on the phone I talk to um, are somewhat surprised that you start coaching so soon into the first day. Well, it's baby um, steps too. We're not throwing them in yeah, there. Yeah, we're not, and, well, uh, I, I call it training wheel, not baby, yeah. but <laughs> you're, not, you're not entirely thrown to the wolves, but yeah. um, the best way to learn is to do it and mm-hmm. uh, observe it as well. Not just being told what to do. Taylor mm-hmm. Smith asks, are the trios teach or just observing? I think it's both. I think it's taking you when you're watching someone else, you're learning what you like, you're learning what you don't like, you're learning, you're visually seeing the mistakes the other person makes, you're visually seeing and you're paying attention to what's working well. So I, not that you're necessarily teaching, but there is teaching informally going on because there's learning happening. To sort of explain what the trio is, you have one person who's coaching, one person who's being coached and a third person who's passively observing and maybe referencing the notes or topics. Well, we have, that, we, have an, uh, we actually know, have a, an, like a, a, an assessment that they're checking off. Yeah. Was this observed or was this not? A somewhere problem? it's in this textbook somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not a, it, but we, it's also, that's the interesting. We very deliberately chose not to ask them to say if they did this well, or if they did not do this well or anything of that nature, we only ask, was it observed or was it not observed? Um, and that's deliberate because we don't want it to become a, 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 a you didn't do your job and I'm going to do your job moment. <laughs> but to return back to linear and nonlinear thinking. <laughs> See, that's it. This is an example. We have yeah. pretty much every one of our sessions, we start off in a linear and then we go in many directions. Last week we were talking about pi. At the- <laughs> that was linear because we started about pie and we yeah. finished it. Maybe that was bookending. That's what yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I think that one of the things that, that drives me a little bananas though, is, is um, the stereotypes that come with non-linear. So we've talked about a little bit of them. Do you guys know of any uh, non-linear stereotypes or even linear stereotypes around these guys? Mm. <clears throat> well, Again, not to dig too deeply in that analytical space, but for linear thinkers, I feel like they get a bad rap for maybe being cold sometimes when I feel like they're, when they're processing something, they're just kind of in that headspace. I think it's very funny that you apply emotion to, to create, like for me, it has nothing, one has nothing to do with the other. Um, uh, Mm. um, Again, but, but I'm also an odd breed because I am both creative and analytical so i have to sometimes remember that um that not everybody is both those things as much as i am um uh but i don't apply emotion to the the either way because i think that when somebody's thinking whether they're creative or not they're thinking and i know a lot of cold creatives (laughs) i apply emotion to everything i would say on the flip side of that too for non-linear thinking um folk that would probably be a bad rap that they get is kind of like the opposite. Like they're not thinking about anything that I'm talking about right now. They're not processing when they could be doing it just in a way that you are unfamiliar with. Um, so you're not- basically, you see nonlinear as like an accountant essentially, or like, uh, yeah. like uh, so who is a describe, give me traits of like, who's your nonlinear example? Well, the question, wait, let's just make sure the question that was asked was, what are the typical mis- misconceptions of a linear versus nonlinear uh-huh. kind of person? And, and so I think what you're, Jerome, answering it is some of, are some of those misconceptions. I'm try- yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I'm just trying to get them to paint a picture so I understand better. Like, what is, some, what is a, a linear person? Like, what do they do for a living? What do they? They're engineers, linears or engineers. <laughs> As I said, are they accountants? Are yeah, they, you've got uh, your accountants. Um, you've got maybe mechanics is something that I would see. Uh, surgeons, doctors, those are really, I mean, you've got to be somewhat you know, process oriented. <laughs> if you do something non-linearly as a doctor, might 
ruined somebody, you yeah, know. It, well, it, it, the Dr. House. Remember Dr. House? Mike. He is totally out there. <laughs> so these are obviously generalizations, but these are yeah. some that I see come up. And you know, with non-linear thinkers, um, again, I feel like one of the worst raps they get is they're not thinking, um, they're not processing, they're just they're doing stupid. whatever they feel like. They're there. You go. I wasn't trying to say that, they're but fighting. yes. They're yeah. stupid, they're flighty, they're they're woo-woo, they're um all over the place. They're... I don't see it that I don't I totally don't see it that way. So how do you see it? <laughs> every person that I've been in a relationship with that's if we're gonna label that non I have been highly intelligent. I have not been in a so I can't I can't even do that because I have too many people in my world that think, are and that's the thing that I think often gets looked past is with nonlinears they usually it is a sign of intelligence it is a sign of um it also is a sign of of i mean creativity is a sign of, of the ability to think mm -hmm. in a way that a lot of other people cannot think and it, it's mm -hmm. part of the brains that, that works in ways that others do not and that's a, a tremendous skill set and usually you to manage and navigate it's something i get mad at other creatives all the time because i'm like I know you're not stupid and I know that you can do business and I know that you you're lazy. <laughs> you just don't want to and you want to make somebody else for you, but you're fully capable. <laughs> it makes me so mad <laughs> because I'm always the one who ends up being creative but still having to do the business side. I get resentful. Because <laughs> I want to go out and have fun too and be artsy and flighty. It's not fair. <laughs> Um, but I mean, it's true. You think about in film and everything, how do they paint the artists? Uh, word choice, uh, deliberate on that one. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I mean, typically they're emotional, like I mean, Jerome, the, uh, the opposite of Jerome's example and, and, um, driven by emotion and not driven by a logic or a, uh, a business sense, but it's not exactly reality either though. Um, and that's where I get, I don't think it's fair either for, for um, as coaches, if, if you have a nonlinear client to um, be afraid of letting them explore. Right. So if, I mean, I know we, we, it's something I have to do. Uh, is done with me often that check-in moment are we going the, the, yes just stick with me we will get there this is part of the path <laughs> okay <laughs> um, because I can apparently appear to be veering off in the left field very often and I, I don't to me I see the the path but but uh, others do not so that well, to be fair sometimes others are who are in that space are not seeing the path they're just doing the spiral Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you know what, but there, and there have been moments where I don't see the path, but I know uh, instinctually that I'm, I, that I have to explore this to get yeah. to my end thing. Yeah. It may not seem like it's, it's related, but I know at least mm -hmm. on a gut level that it is, it is necessary that I, I explore this area in order to, to make it to the final mm -hmm. goal. Um, mm -hmm. it's somehow it is connected to me um so i guess it does make uh things more complicated <laughs> at times um, what if um what if a coach has a client who is rigidly linear and they want to become more non-linear so instead of maybe like let's say i was a client and i my goal was to become less goal oriented and less <laughs> less like so rigidly like trying to like organize my life via goals and like things i want to achieve like because I, I think a lot of hyper achievers probably well, a lot just of have fun you just somebody who's so organized now wants to do it in a way that's fun but what hmm I'm no. a hyperachiever, and that's and so it's so no. But the, how, what would a coach do? The coach would say, "What? How can you be nonlinear? More nonlinear? Well, define it first. What's the, yeah, well, what's the definition of who you are, and what's the definition of who you want to become? Well, then, then this hypothetical person would be like, "Well, I see all these artists and all these hippy dippy folks just being flighty and having fun and <laughs> enjoying their life. I can't do that. I, you know, always try to stick to a goal." And I always you can't get... do that. 
I haven't been able to do that. I haven't done that. How do I become more flighty and, um, you know, that is just, word. just rude. It's rude. It is rude. It's rude, especially it's for somebody as hardworking as I am. It's nonlinear. <laughs> True, but this hypothetical linear person has always been like that. And for some reason, they're unsatisfied with their life. Um, how do you sort of encourage that nonlinear, if that's their goal? Um, well, I think it would be, it's up to them. It's not up to us. I mean, I can't tell you in this hypothetical situation because the client isn't here and they're the ones leading the show. So I would, so a more, an example, I think that we could explore this is, in this space. Is, this is a hard topic. I mean, yeah, I, no, but I think this is a, good, a hard topic. <laughs> a good place for coach work to happen. So you have that same very, linear client that that client so oh we, what we mean is basically taking a clear path between two points a, a direct line uh from a to b boom boom that's linear uh non-linear we'll do this <laughs> what was that cartoon i can never remember not dennis the menace there's another cartoon where the little guy would go oh yeah i know what you're talking about yes um um uh, but it doesn't mean that also it's not fair to say that 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 the path is shorter when it's linear because it may not be the nonlinear might get there quicker <laughs> um well so maybe i think what but, i'm getting at but, is oh okay oh sorry i didn't, I didn't I was gonna go give on. a good example of when we can oh, use it. keep going keep going so no but with the with the um if we had a, a client who was that same client but very was very okay i'm going down this path this is the way i go this is how i have always done it as a, what happens when that he is derailed? What can we do? So, so now my path is blocked. I can't go the way I have always gone. Mm. Help me. And I think that, that that's, I mean, that's a great space for a coach to be able to come in and actually help in that situation because you will be asking questions to make him more nonlinear than more nonlinear at that point. Right. Mm -hmm. Am I, um, so, so how would you coach somebody who came in and had hit their, you know, I'm going down my path. It's can't go that way anymore. I don't know what to do now. Mm -hmm. it, that I've had this plan my whole life. This is it. And now I can't do it. Create the open to possibilities dialogue, right? Mm -hmm. What possibilities are there? What? Even somebody who is blocked might not be able to just start going down that path, but taking it in a way, you know, where you're messing it all up, right? Allows for that mess up to go, okay, in there, or the spaghetti against the wall concept in there. Now that we've just mixed it all up, how do you see this next step coming? What is that next step that's not your normal step? I mean, one, one thing we can do with coaches is explore uh, the, the worst case, the best case, the, yeah. the possibility, an option too. and yeah. then how, how will you manage mm -hmm. in each of those cases? How will you proceed, mm -hmm. you know, it, with, the, with that? I mean, that's what SWOT analysis is. That's mm -hmm. what, uh, what the, the um, uh, Cartesian logic, uh, both tools that sort of play in this space, because they, they help you to see what the possibilities is mm -hmm. in either direction. And it, it is essentially mm -hmm. more prepared for whatever may come. Yeah. Um, if you're going down a, a linear path that, that mm -hmm. suddenly, uh, right? <laughs> I, think, I think as we're talking here and, and thinking of some clients and different clients and different perspective, and usually that mm -hmm. middle part is usually where that nonlinear tends to happen and when it's a linear type client they don't understand and they don't get it eventually they work their way around there but the non-linear client does really well with there because that allows them to really focus in on their patterns and then pull it into a focus i think it's fair to say too that a non-linear client is still coming to you and you're still working with them um when you set a session contract when you, on a goal on a, there is a, there isn't an end purpose ultimately in coaching and, and mind you it can change it can evolve there can be several um and there can be many ones in between but but you're working towards something even session to session you are working towards an end goal 
Um, and it's really what we're discussing is just how to get to the, that end goal. And it's going to vary from client to client, non-linear, but ultimately that structure of goal, person, working, coach, it exists regardless of how the thinking and the thought process is. Um, it's just a matter of, uh, I think sometimes what, what people as coaches tend to expect with nonlinear is, is that they'll have to first narrow the focus to a single uh, goal because the nonlinear will come in like with 50 you things. Keep up. <laughs> and then, then it's by analysis and they just stop. At that point, so you try to get them in, and that's kind of the story. If you're, if you, the coach is trying to get them to do something, that's a mistake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's up to them, right? Now, now here's a big question though. You say that if we, as a coach are um, trying to get them to come do something, that's a mistake, but we are trying to get them to focus on a single goal a single uh, plan of action uh, i mean we say um, what, yeah i'm going to screw with that a little bit we're we're trying to help them tell me what they want to do in that session and that might be that they want to get to a focus it might be they need to just express but ultimately we are getting them to to commit to what do you want to work on today yeah, yeah. so so in mm -hmm. theory we are telling kind of getting them to do something <laughs> that's not even i wouldn't even consider that coaching as a part more so like this is like outside of the coaching sphere me as a coach talking to a client saying here's what we're going to do when we coach we're aiming for this goal inside the coaching session a lot of different things can happen you can take a lot of different paths like this maze behind me but the eventual goal is to get out of the maze and accomplish yeah. something. But maybe halfway through, they go, you know what? I take, I really, I'd rather just be happy with my life in the maze than be chasing after getting out of the maze until I die. I'd be That's climbing on top of the maze and climbing over. <laughs> <laughs> just going through the hedges, like yeah. going through walls. <laughs> and then no, I'm just going to go on the top. <laughs> just just going to climb over top. Just yeah. walk on, on top. I mean, it is very level, that, yeah. that thing. So it does seem like what you got up would be good. <laughs> you have a but good it's like 20 feet high. So if you fall off, you you're know, dead. At least you could just give us all directions. We just get her up there and then we sh she'll be going. Exactly. And we're all out. It's yeah, fantastic. exactly. I, I, whenever I do a maze, I have to do it backwards. I cannot do it forward. Well, is that, there's a reason. Is there a forward and backwards to a there maze? Is, well, I mean, it depends on the it, start. It, it tells you where to start and where to uh, end. Like a corn maze and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like if, I can't do it that way. I don't know why. I can't. My brain just doesn't do it. There's a, well, it's actually there's a there's a reason. Oh, uh, I never heard of the reason. What's the reason? If you go backwards through, it's actually uh, easier for your brain to. So if we, it depends on if the maze is linear or non-linear. <laughs> um, this is so in in escape rooms we will create. Uh, puzzles and overall stories that are linear and non-linear and the non-linear much harder to create because there's not an order like you have to get this lock done here you have to get this there and it makes it very easy when you have a linear structure to, to take build the steps mm. but when you have a non-linear room and people have to escape it it actually makes for a much much harder puzzle for people what I want to do a non-linear escape room. I don't know. Uh, I haven't done it. Oh, uh, yeah. What? Well, I, I I helped make it. So, but it's been a long time. So I probably is it the one that's in by uh, San Bernardino? What's it called? Um, oh, oh, I've been there. there. Hall of Shadows. Yeah, Hall of Shadows. Yeah, there's he has he has a linear room and a non-linear room. There's so. your free plug-in right there, Hall of Shadows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but there's so you, you can sometimes they won't tell you. Sometimes you can ask if they're linear or non-linear with escape rooms. So, um, but that's it, with mazes. You they have to be at least in California linear. They have to be because uh, it, by law we're required to have a like oh, that's a crazy. way in, a way out, and a flow of traffic. <laughs> um, I want to go into a non-linear maze where it's like you could possibly die in. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> like the, the that's uh, a movie. That's called a movie. Yeah, you have to throw your submission in the goblet of fire, then Anthony. Yeah. No, I was going to say, as a coach, I, my, I should market myself as, you could die. 
coaching with me. Oh my goodness. You may get lost and you may not know what to do. Oh my goodness. But that's, it's, but, okay, so here's a weird turn of phrase. Let me sign off her. I just want to say thank you everyone for being here. I have to sign off early. I have Bridget who was the founder of our school here. I would bring her on, but she's bring been traveling all day. I know she's been traveling oh, all day. One of these times we will. <laughs> I'm going to go say hi to her. Thank you guys all so much for being here. And thank you for picking up the slack for me, family. <laughs> Lisa. Um, you, Lisa. One of the things that we teach in our class is to not be attached to the outcome, right? But to be, uh, you know, part of the process. It's not about the outcome. Um, and in it be in the process, which in itself is interesting because uh, it is kind of, disregarding um the the goal and that linear at the same time yeah, because a lot of people think the the goal of coaching is for the client to be successful in whatever they want to do that's not really the case at all um it's for them to wholeheartedly go through the process of achieving that goal but they may not necessarily that they either fail, they may, i guess so yeah too. I think it's about empower i mean i think if we had to define it it's about empowering uh, yeah. our clients to realize that they have the answers within themselves uh, really is that uh, creating a safe space in which people can just be themselves and, and, and explore themselves and learn that they are capable of, of answering their own questions and doing whatever it is they wish, mm -hmm. um, which sounds so like, well, that's easy to figure out, but, but I think the, the magic is so much of what we don't realize is going on. <laughs> mm -hmm. We are not, I, I, as to last week's topic, conscious of our own blocks. A lot of times our own uh, biases, our own uh, things that we put in the way of what is possible. Um, and I think as coaches, that's where we come in and say, hey, stop being so linear. Just Try to be a little more linear. <laughs> or maybe help the non-linear people just sort of rein it in enough where they can sort of have some forward momentum. I mean, that's really what the beauty of, I mean, we, I think linear and nonlinear is important in coaching. I, it's very like the black and gray thinking. You start with the, the, the nonlinear and then you bring it in, you know, and then, and then you use it again <laughs> when you need, uh, but that's what getting around. I mean, how do we, how do we get people to, to get, remove blocks? What do we do? Well, I think initially you have to consider the fact that it may or may not be a block. You have to ask them to explore what is so important about this block that is preventing you from maybe getting to whatever the next step is for you. Or how is that block serving you? Yeah. What, and it, what is it doing for you in this moment? Okay, so we figure that oh, this the, okay, the block is doing this, uh, that or the other. What's the next thing you ask them? Well, wow, I would say if it is determined by them, if they have determined this is a, a genuine block for them and it's something that they feel that they can't just go straight through, um, then that's when you open up the door to alternate possibilities as to whatever that next step is. You start asking them questions like, um, what have you considered in this space? What haven't you considered in this space? Um, so that way they can kind of uh, non-linearly think about different ways to get around that block, maybe not through it. Since that and that's really, I mean, it's taking you, I mean, that's what, that, that, that's what, I mean, what I was getting at, basically. Yeah, I mean, uh, in our most recent block, I talk about blocks. Um, I forgot the terms I use. There is the blocks that, <laughs> you know, are more like speed bumps. You can sort of go past them and uh -huh. still focus on the goal. So yeah. like <laughs> beliefs, we have limiting beliefs. We have, um, uh, the learned helplessness mm -hmm. we have, uh, um, I mean, these things that, that people have. So the a limiting belief would be, um, uh, well, let's learned helplessness well, would be like, yeah, I, I, because, because, uh, you know, Anthony won't, won't let me, he's very he's very bossy and mean and and he's not gonna let me uh, do what i want at work <laughs> um, but that right there is a limiting belief or, uh, uh, learned helplessness essentially um it's it's putting the responsibility of some on somebody else instead of taking it for yourself yeah. um jerome uh he likes to do uh, you know set up the graphics and so i can't 
possibly. Even though I want to, I can't set up the graphics. It's, yeah, that's super similar to Victimite, <laughs> that where that is a big block that I feel like a lot of people encounter. Well, that's also for coaches too. Like I want to be a coach, but and this is after they graduate with us too. Yes, after they graduate, I, level two, seriously. <laughs> I want to go out and coach, but I can't. I just I don't feel like I have enough experience or education or confidence. Uh, blah blah blah. Just go out and coach. <laughs> but 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 so we have or that- a coach and then go out and. You have that person who is like, okay, I can't because I don't have, uh, I, well, I don't have enough experience, which is, that's the other one, which is a, a, a limiting belief. But um, uh, what do you say? What do you ask them? Can you repeat when that? Is, I would ask, when is it enough? Like, when it, when do you have enough experience? Or <gasps> when do you, <laughs> or we'll get to that. Or when do you feel like you have enough education? What it, when is the actual goalpost? Because a lot of time when you don't ask these questions, they move the goalpost and they'll get a little more well, education and, and it pushes it away. And so when you're more, asking, away. when you're asking about that definition, right? When we're when we are asking about the definition of of when is it enough? When is it mm-hmm. uh, when? What kind of thinking are we using? I would say linear thinking. I'm, like I'm I, I need a limit or a rule or a definite answer to a question. And what you're using, and what and what you're using the linear thinking in order to do what? Set a goal. And and also to to get somebody into action. So it's a it's yeah. a way we it's just a, a good example of how we can use linear and how we can use nonlinear, right? We can use nonlinear when somebody's saying always, never. Mm-hmm. you know, things of that nature. And we can go really always, <laughs> um, really? Uh, it, it, it never, does it never, ever, never, ever, ever happen. And then they have to open themselves up to other things. And then in that case where she's like, I don't have enough experience. I don't have, a, um, you're going to narrow her focus to, well, when is enough mm-hmm. and, and get her into that linear thought process. Let's and, look at Kendra Battle. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, can you bring in a, life, a real life example of this? Uh, I just wanted to say I have an update from last week. I made a video, put it out there, and invited people for free coaching sessions with me. No takers yet, but I have gotten a lot of positive feedback. Also, it made me feel great to know that I overcame that hurdle. This week, I'll be going through my phone and offering people a free coaching session. Awesome. I'm first and foremost, freaking, yeah. No. <laughs> That's uh, we're not being coaches right now by giving praise, but we're giving you praise. <laughs> um, good job. And um, uh, my brain immediately goes. So, and an awesome thing, positive. You did it. You took the step. That's. I mean, that was probably the hardest part. Mm-hmm. You, can you do it again? Can you do it yeah. again? Could you put another video out? I love that she's got another plan too. This week I'll be going through my phone and offering people. She's. What happens when you get the phone? Yeah, ball we didn't even have to ask. We just, you know. The ball starts going, and she's good. Yep. <laughs> It'll be um, unstoppable. updated. I want to hear more. I want to hear about the first time you get your first client. <laughs> and we want to hear about it next week as well, too. Yeah. That's awesome, Kendra. Forever. So let's uh, wrap up the linear uh, structure of this this episode. Uh, <laughs> and it's not saying that one is... is uh, better than the other i don't think right uh, at least my take on it is that the, the world is both linear and non-linear and you have to be capable of managing both those spaces uh and, and using both to your advantage as a coach as well and you can um uh what are your takeaways and anthony and jerome i was gonna say the world is non-linear it's not both it just is non-linear and we make linear structures make choices whether how linear it is and that's by putting limits and sort of the reins on something but you're allowed and you're always allowed to sort of open up the possibilities or close the possibilities as it suits you Um, a good example in in the blog that gave last week is like if you went to into a, a a jewelry store and you had to pick one item this jewelry store is talked just packed with with the top of the line best men's jewelry women's jewelry everybody but you have to pick one item you can only pick one thing we start to create immediately a process where we're going to eliminate 
possibility, right? And we're gonna narrow the focus down. Um, but it can also be paralysis by analysis, but that is a, a with goal setting with a linear thinker is it's sort of akin to or nonlinear walking into the room and there's a whole bunch of possibility and then we've got to narrow that focus down to one mm-hmm. one item essentially um yeah which is it, kind of it sounds fun but i i would be how long would it take you and what kind of analysis would you use to pick the one item <laughs> mm-hmm. what was first narrowing <laughs> But we all do it different ways. So um, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is price. I would like yeah, try to list it as from. But also, even go into my brain, did I think of price? Not one time. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I immediately thought I need a spreadsheet of it sorted like, from highest to lowest. I'm going to eliminate anything that is just too gaudy and too manly first. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. I'd probably consider looks and then break it down from there by price. Whatever I do enjoy, I'm like, okay, well, if I like all of these, it better be the most expensive of the. Book. I don't care how much it's going to cost. Like, I don't really care. It could cost well, two. Dollars. Yeah, like you're like, you're when you just ask that, like both are like thoughts of how to use the jewelry just completely like were different. Yours was to wear it. Mine uh-huh. is to sell it or resell it. <laughs> But I mean, evidence that there's always a lot of possibility and everybody can go different ways. <laughs> Jordan, um, what, are your, what are your final thoughts on linear? Final thoughts would be, um, as we came on, I kind of spoke about the differences between linear and nonlinear thinking. And I think I have like that internal battle sometimes with myself trying to determine whether I am one or the other. And I think at the end of this, I'm yeah coming to realize, yeah, there's there's a space for both of those. You should, I mean, everybody's all things. Uh, yeah. it just maybe we lean one way or the other a little more often. Maybe we we play in one side. Maybe one's more second nature to us. <laughs> we're all capable of, of of being, doing, and using any and all yeah. tools uh, that are available to us. So, yeah. and then some. You know, we could create our own tools. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and sign us off. Uh, next week, we are talking about taboo, yeah. weird, scary, spooky, odd <laughs> um, uh, coaching techniques and coaching experience. Just get anything that is weird and taboo and in the, for the sake of the Halloween. Yeah, this will be a fun we'll episode. To adorn our Halloween costumes next week. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I need oh, to get a Halloween costume. I don't have you're one. Figure something out. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, I have to wear one on Saturday. I'm excited. So. <laughs> um, Okie dokie, artichokies. We're going to head out. Thank All you guys right. for watching. We're Certified Life Coach Institute. We, we um, certify coaches in three days. Check us out next week, 4 o'clock, same bat time, same bat station. Um, uh, we will be doing scary. That was perfect. It's appropriately timed. Yes. Um, uh, scary, spooky, taboo, weird coaching things uh, next week. all right make sure if you have any topics or anything you want to tell us how you're doing you want to be like kendra and have us check in with you with regularity just leave comments participate and we will uh we will always acknowledge and say hello thank you kendra good to see you too hey everyone thanks for tuning into today's episode once again this is brought to you by certified life coach institute we're an icf accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.